Bless you in the name of the Lord. I do want to say before I begin that tonight at 8 o'clock, we again will be hosting a conference call on Zoom. Please send us a message via Facebook Messenger to get information of how you can be a part of that conference prayer call. It will have to do with ministering to our first responders, healthcare providers, and emergency personnel, essential workers, and so many others who are involved in frontline work right now dealing with this present crisis. This is one of my favorite times of the week anymore, being able to spend that 30 minutes. We won't take too much of your time. And I understand it's Easter Sunday and that you might have plans with those in your household, and we certainly understand that. But if you would like to be a part of this call, please let us know, and we'll provide that information to you. And we would love to be a part of helping you as you enter this next week of another set of challenges. We know God will lay a, a solid, a firm foundation under your feet as you go forward in Jesus' name. So please do let us know. We would love to have you participate in that call. We're speaking today about the resurrection. This is Resurrection Sunday. And yet we cannot speak about the resurrection unless we deal with the thing that, that sets up the power and the narrative of the resurrection story. We cannot talk about resurrection unless we talk about death. Unfortunately, death is a part of our world. It's a part of our, really, our everyday life. There is in some way or another that we encounter news of death. And sometimes people face it firsthand in their lives or their loved ones' lives, and especially of late, it has been paramount in the thinking of, of the society, the, the world, in, in the world. The whole world is talking about uh, the death toll, one of those terms that has become such a prominent feature in our uh, modern lexicon. A lot of different terms have become a part of our vocabulary that maybe were not as involved in our vocabulary as they used to. Words like asymptomatic, or words like social distancing, physical distancing. And, and of course, we've become all too familiar with this idea of a death toll that is rising. News outlets literally have a ticker that shows you how many people are dying, how many deaths are being reported, and when they're being reported as a constant reminder to you of how many people are dying. And we certainly grieve the loss of those lives and, and see it as fitting that we should remember those who are lost. And yet, at the same time, it is a very difficult thing for people to be constantly faced with the idea of a death toll that is rising. But death has always been here in this fallen world, in this fallen nature, in this, in this corrupt earth in which we live, death has always been around us and, and a part of our thinking. So many things we do have some direct or indirect association with our efforts to prevent death from entering our life. It's the reason we eat. We eat so we don't die. Now, we think we eat because we're hungry, and that is true, and we may very well have been doing more of that during quarantine, and, uh, and hopefully everybody's doing all right in that department. 
But nonetheless, the matter of eating, the matter of drinking, getting water into your body, it's not just to quench your thirst. It's to prevent your body from breaking down. It is a preventative to death. It's the reason why you don't just jump in a car and go from point A to point B without learning how to operate that vehicle. You learn not only how to operate the vehicle, but you take time to learn the guidelines and the rules involved with operating that vehicle. Why? So you don't die. Why don't you just go jump in the deep end of a swimming pool and enjoy the cool, refreshing water as an activity of leisure? No, you don't quite do it that way. You take time to learn how to keep your head above water. Why keep your head above water? So that you don't die. Death is very present in our society. It's very present in the back of our mind. And it's very present lately in the forefront of our mind as people seek to keep from getting sick or help people who are sick or pray for those who are suffering and near death's door. Death is around us. But today, we want to talk about the cure for death which is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We're talking today about a risen Savior, a Lord, God Almighty, who overcame death, and he overcame hell, and he overcame the grave. He triumphed over every principality and power. You have to understand when you consider the resurrection of Jesus Christ that this was God manifest in human flesh. You have to understand that he walked this earth and was faced with every temptation that you and I have ever or will ever face. And he overcame those temptations. He committed no sin. And because of that, when he was put to death, he was put to death sinless, blameless, innocent, not having committed sin, but was crucified as though he had committed sin. Had never committed a transgression, but was wounded for our transgressions. Had never perpetrated an iniquity, but was bruised for our iniquities. When he died, he did not die as just any other man Though he was fully man, he was fully God, and he had succeeded in living a perfect life. And so when he died, the blood that was shed was precious blood. It was perfect blood. It was pure blood. The blood of a spotless lamb, the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And when his body went down into the grave, there was no power in hell, no power in the grave, no power of death that could hold on to that body because there was no sin in that body. And he did not stay in the grave for long. As a matter of fact, the scripture refers to it as a borrowed tomb that he was in. And someone astutely made the observation that perhaps he borrowed it because he wasn't going to need it very long. This 
man, Christ Jesus, who was God manifest in the flesh, was crucified and he was buried and he was without sin and there was no transgression in him and he rose up from the grave victorious over death. The death that intimidates people more than anything else does. Death that frightens people and causes them to run in fear and panic in terror and they fear for their loved ones and they fear loss and they 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 don't know what's beyond that murky sinister door called death but Jesus has already gone beyond that door and he overcame the death that humanity is fearful of and he rose victorious from the grave others were raised from the dead like Lazarus, the Bible describes Peter's mother-in-law being raised from the dead. This is a, this is a reality, ladies and gentlemen, that, that Jesus rose from the dead, that other people rose from the dead, but when they rose from the dead, they died again. But Jesus rising from the dead, he never died again. Instead, he ascended on high and is alive right now he is alive today he is alive right now he is alive forevermore when we say Jesus is alive we, we, we're not just that's not cliche he is alive the man Christ Jesus who walked this earth is still alive and is ascended into the majesty on high and is coming again and I hope that you believe the message of Jesus' return. Because if we've learned anything of late, it's that Jesus is coming again. And the signs of the times declare it. Jesus is coming again. Oh, praise his holy name. Oh, bless his holy name. He rose from the dead. They went down to the tomb to see Jesus. But Jesus wasn't in the tomb. The stone had been rolled away. An angel was sitting upon the stone, saying, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen and is alive forevermore. When Peter and John stooped down to look into the tomb, they saw two angels, each sitting down at the head and the foot of where Jesus had been laid. And they said, You're looking in the wrong place. He is not here. Behold, he is risen. When news began to spread of Jesus being raised from the dead, it, it of course, quickened the hearts and the minds of the disciples. But when he appeared to them, often they did not recognize him after he had been raised from the dead. But he showed himself alive by many infallible proofs. Proofs that nobody can argue with. He showed them, I am alive. And they were convinced and they were persuaded. And they saw him ascend into the heavens. He promised them the Holy Spirit would come upon them. He told them to tarry at Jerusalem so that they could be filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. Oh, hallelujah. And I want you to know those men were martyred because of what they saw and their refusal to recant it. All but John, John the disciple whom Jesus loved, he lived to an old age. The rest of them 
were martyred and murdered because they refused to lie and say he had not risen from the dead. They were given every opportunity to just simply lie and say they did not see a resurrected Christ, that he did not show himself alive after his passion. They would be set free from the persecution of government in that day if they would just simply say it wasn't true. But they said, we can't say it's not true. He is alive. We saw him. We witnessed him. We are eyewitnesses of his majesty. And he has commissioned us to go and tell the world that he's alive. We today are operating under that same commission to tell every creature, the highways, the byways, anybody who will listen, that Jesus Christ is alive and he is Lord of all. Oh, bless the holy name of Jesus Christ. That's why we're doing what we're doing right now. We're declaring that Jesus Christ is Lord. We're not going to let some kind of a pandemic prevent us from continuing our mission and commission to declare the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're not going to let any kind of restraint or regulation prevent us from declaring and preaching that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. It is the commission, the mandate, above all mandates, to declare the power and the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, I, and I, I'm going to just speak for Tree of Life Church and all who are listening. We are not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Oh, hallelujah. And so we, we, the beauty of the resurrection of Jesus Christ is that he proved once and for all that death is defeated. That death doesn't have the hold on us that it once had. It is the saddest thing for people we love to die, to lose that physical, tangible connection to people whom we love. And it has been the scourge of society since the fall of humanity in the garden. But Jesus paid the debt. He paid the debt we could not pay. He overcame the adversary we could not overcome. And today we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But, but I've not just come to preach to you the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I have come to preach to you the resurrection of you. Because the resurrection of Jesus Christ, as wonderful a story as it is, is not the totality of the resurrection story. It's not just about Jesus rising from the dead. It's about you rising from the dead. It's about me rising from the dead. Do you hear what I said? It's about us rising from the dead and living forevermore like Jesus is alive forevermore. Jesus said it to those disciples. He said, let not your hearts be troubled. Oh, I can hear his word today. And I hope you can hear it in your living room right now. Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me, Jesus said. He said, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, there you may be too. He has a plan, ladies and gentlemen, for you and I 
to rise up from the restraint and the constraint of death, hell, and the grave. Oh, hallelujah. I, I understand that death is this sinister enemy that, that, that no one is immune to. You talk about not having an immunity to something. There is no one who has an immunity to the vexation of death. And it attacks the young. And it attacks the elderly. And it attacks the, it attacks the healthy and the unhealthy. Accidents. It operates through accidental forms of death. It operates through sickness. It operates through genetics. It is a sinister enemy. But Jesus gave us power over death. Jesus gave us victory over death. Oh, it ought to make you shout. It ought to make you sing. It ought to make you live for God all the days of your life and serve Him and obey Him, knowing that He has given us power over death, hell, and the grave. Imagine, if you will, if in one of these uh, daily briefings concerning the coronavirus, people sitting on pins and needles on the edges of their seat, wondering what the news is for Whatever given day it may be, has there been a vaccine? Is there a cure? Is there a promising drug? Are the numbers declining in Europe? Are the numbers declining in New York? Are the numbers declining in Detroit? You know the drill. You've been thinking these thoughts. How close is it to where you and I are living and, and people are just watching and waiting? What if somebody walked into that room and said, ladies and gentlemen, I've got good news. We found the cure for the coronavirus and it's being implemented and distributed. And all you've got to do is follow the instructions because the cure is in the instructions. And you could go and find it and apply it to your lives. We pray and hope for that to be the case for coronavirus. But it already is the case for this thing called death. Because Jesus gave us the cure. Jesus gave us the antidote. Jesus gave us the remedy, hallelujah, to cure the awful scourge of death. In Acts chapter 2, verse 37, the scripture says that the people in the upper room had a question that America has today, that our world has today, and this was the question. What shall we do? What are we going to do? They had just received the worst news they had ever heard. And this was the news they had received. Peter had just shown them beyond the shadow of a doubt that the Messiah foretold by the prophets Isaiah and Moses and David and Joel was Jesus. And that they had nailed him to a cross and they rejected him. The long-awaited Messiah had been rejected by them. By wicked hands, Peter said, they crucified him and slain him. And when they heard this news, they felt all hope was gone. And they said, what shall we do? Perhaps you have felt over the last several weeks that all hope was gone. Do you know that this is like a month now that we've been holding live stream services? It's April 12th. Our last in-person service at Tree of Life Church was March 11th. We have been a month now where we have been live streaming only. And I miss all of you so much. But look around. The church is stronger than ever. 
The church is vibrant. The church is full of faith. The church is full of love. The church is full of peace. People are getting stronger by the grace and the mercy and the power of God. But in those early days, if things were so uncertain and things seemed so unsettled and shaky and people looked around and had that question, what shall we do? That's the question they asked in Acts 2 and 37. And Peter did not disappoint. He had an answer. An answer that was firmly rooted in types and shadows of the Old Testament. He said, here is the answer. Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And then he said, now listen, just in case... You wonder if this is for you. I want you to know the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. He walked into that briefing room and said, I have an answer. I have a cure for this awful thing that has plagued man since Adam and Eve. And he said the cure is the death the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Three things. Repent and be baptized in Jesus' name and receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. He, he said, I, I, I'm trying to tell you that, that the life and the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ set the stage for the cure for the vaccine, for the antidote, for this awful thing called sin and death. And so, all you got to do is believe on him. Confess that you believe on him. Turn from your wicked ways. Be baptized into his name. Be filled with his spirit. This is the promise that God has given unto us. And it ought to be something that we should thank God for every day. Let me tell you something. Some of us, some of us thought that we had to come into this building and we... We're looking forward to coming back into this building. We're going to have a great time when we do come back into this building. But some of us thought that we had to get here to feel the presence of God. Only to learn that the presence of God is in you when you have the Holy Spirit. That the glory of God is not something you have to travel to a temple to, to, to experience, but the glory and the power and the peace and the presence of God. The Bible said it shall be in you a well of living water springing up into everlasting life. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Oh, hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And so, so today, the cure for death is repentance. Why is repentance such a key part of this cure? Repentance is a key part of this cure because it is the sin that brings death. So sin is the exposure to the virus of death. When you repent, you, you don't socially distance, you spiritually distance yourself from sin. You pull yourself away from those things that are infecting you with sin in your life. You pull away from certain people. You pull away from activities. You pull away from certain habits. You repent. You stop doing things that are displeasing to God. 
That's repentance. It's called turning from your wicked ways. And Peter said that is the first step to being cured. You turn from your wicked ways. You distance yourself from sin. You walk away from it. Maybe you're sitting here today thinking you can't do that. I rebuke those thoughts in Jesus' name. Because you can, God will give you power to do it. God will help you in this journey. If you fall, get back up. If you stumble, get back up. If you struggle, get back up. Repent. Repentance is a key part of this cure for sin and death. Not only repentance, but baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. And that's an important thing to understand. It is to be administered into Jesus Christ, into the name of Jesus Christ. Proverbs 18.10 tells us, The name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous runneth into it and is safe. When you're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, you are baptized into the life of Jesus Christ. And so he is the one that lived obedient. He is the one that lived with great power and authority over sin and death. When you're baptized into his name, then you are baptized into the authority he has over sin and death. You're baptized into the victory that he won. You and I, we can't go to heaven by ourselves. Our good works can't take us to heaven. Our good deeds and our best intentions, we're not holy. We're not pure. All of us have sinned and we come short of the glory of God, Romans 3 and 23. And because we come short of the glory of God, we can't make it there. The only way we can make it there is if we are in Jesus Christ, who has already ascended into the heavens. And it is, it is through his obedience and through his power and through his ability to overcome sin and death that we are administered entrance into that holy city you don't have victory over death without jesus i don't have victory over death without jesus without jesus we die not only unto death but we die the second death we die an eternal death one that is Filled with weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. That's what we have coming to us. It's only in Jesus Christ that we receive the great eternal reward of glory and grace. That's why the second part of this cure is to be baptized into Jesus Christ. Buried, just like he was buried in the earth, we are to be buried in the waters of baptism. When we go down, we go down as as the person we've always been, Joel Urshan, with all the filth of my flesh, with all, the, all of the abominable activities and attitudes that are associated with me as a human being. But when I'm buried, that part of me is buried too. When I come up, I come up with a new name on my life, with a new identity on my life. I have access to a new life record. The life record that I have now is not the life record everybody knows me to have. It's the life record that Jesus established, a life record of submission and humility and love and obedience. And then because of that, I'm accepted into the glory glory of God. Yeah, there's a reason why we like Resurrection Sunday. 
Of course there's a reason we, we get ready and go to church and, and, and we celebrate it. And people will come to a Resurrection Sunday service that may not go to any other service for the year. I hope and pray people will change that. We'll go to church as often as you can. I hope this experience has made you realize just how valuable church is when we can come together, gather together, and worship his name one with another. But, but I'm glad you're here on Resurrection Sunday. Don't be discouraged. Come on in and celebrate because he is risen and he has given us power as well to rise from the dead. And when we're baptized into Jesus' name, the Bible said, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost is so beautiful because it's God putting himself into our hearts so that he lives within us. And he gives us grace from within. He gives us peace from within. He gives us joy from within. And not only will the Holy Spirit provide that for you, but the Bible said that if this spirit that raised Christ from the dead, that's that Holy Spirit, not only will he raise Christ from the dead, but he will raise you from the dead as well. It shall quicken your mortal body. Glory to the name of God. In, in, in the life of Jesus, Jesus explained if you destroy this temple, in three days I will raise it up. He was talking about his body. Jesus said, I will raise it up. Talking about the Son of God. In Acts chapter 10, Peter told the house of Cornelius that God raised up Christ from the dead. Jesus said the Son would do it. Peter said the Father would do it. The Apostle Paul said the Spirit would do it. This Spirit that raised Christ from the dead shall quicken your mortal body if it dwell in you. Both the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Which one did it? Paul, Jesus, and Peter are not contradicting one another. They're agreeing with one another because the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are not separate. But the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are one in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is God manifest in the flesh and he is the Holy Spirit poured out upon mankind. Hallelujah. And if that spirit dwell in you, he shall quicken your mortal body and raise you up from the dead. Thank God you have the power of Almighty God resident inside of you when you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And when the trumpet sounds, and the trumpet is going to sound, when the trumpet sounds, that Holy Ghost is going to quicken your mortal body. And you and I and anybody else who finds the cure and follows the cure is going to rise up from the grave victorious over death just as Jesus was victorious over death. This is why the Bible calls Jesus the first fruits of the resurrection because he's not the only one who's going to experience the resurrection. The reference to first fruits is a reference to the harvest. There are first fruits that happen in the springtime and then there is an abundance of harvest later. I want you to know that's exactly what you can expect in Jesus Christ. The first fruits of the resurrection of Jesus Christ is just the tip of the iceberg. We all 
will live forever in him who follow and find the cure. Oh, hallelujah. He is not the second person in some kind of a Trinitarian formula. No, no, no. He is the mighty God. He is the Holy Spirit. He is the Father in flesh. He is the one true and living God. He is the great I am. And he made a way for you to be saved from death. Oh, it's something to shout about. It's something to give God glory for. It's something to worship him for. Bless his holy name. Bless his holy name. Bless his holy name. Just go ahead and do it right now. Just lift your hands right now and bless his holy name. Give him glory and honor in Jesus' name. Worship him and magnify him for the resurrection. Notice what the Bible said. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. And we shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Oh, glory to God. Oh, glory to God. I, I, I want you to know you have nothing to fear when you're serving Jesus Christ. You have nothing to fear when you are serving Jesus Christ. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Did you hear that? I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Nobody can kick you out. Nobody can prevent you from coming. You will dwell in his presence, in his house, forever and ever and evermore in Jesus Christ you're going to live again but you're going to live again without sickness you're going to live again but you're going to live again without sadness you're going to live again but but you're going to live again without the sorrows of this life no disease no pandemic no natural disaster no no criminality no burglary no murder I'm talking about the resurrection of you because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 6. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into the death he died. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death that like as Christ, like as Christ, was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted, that's repentance and baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. If we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. 
That's the quickening power of the Holy Spirit of God. If you have never been baptized in Jesus' name, I'd like to invite you to be baptized in Jesus' name. Please contact us and let us baptize you in the precious name of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you have never been filled with the Holy Ghost, He can fill you with the Holy Ghost right now. Go ahead, lift your hands and begin to praise Him. Some of you have been feeling weak. Some of you have been feeling depressed. Some of you have been feeling discouraged. God's going to give you strength right now. Go ahead, everybody in your living room, just lift up your hands and your voices and begin to magnify God together. The Lord is your strength. He is your song. He is your help. He is your salvation. Come on, in the name of Jesus, He can fill you with the Holy Ghost right now. He can fill you with the Holy Ghost right now. He can worship, He can fill you with the Holy Ghost. Just worship Him and magnify His name. Praise Him in Jesus' name. Lift your voice with us right now as we sing unto the Lord. And we let His power fill this place in the precious name of Jesus. You are my strength. Strength. Oh, that's it, that's it. pray right now for all who are listening today, all who are viewing, all who are suffering, all who are facing this crisis and dealing with the challenges that come with it. I pray right now, Lord, that you will give us special strength. Lord, that you will give us special song and a deliverance. 
Lord, the writer asked, how shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? Help us to sing your song in this strange land. We will not hang our harps upon the willows. We'll hold on to those instruments of music that give praise unto your name. I ask, O oh God, that you would strengthen your body and strengthen your people. Bless us, O oh God, we pray. With the power of the resurrection, with the power that you have over death, hell, and the grave, God, I pray that we will feel the very presence of God within us and about us. In the precious and the matchless name of Jesus Christ. Lord, do it right now, we pray. Strength like no other. Strength like no other. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord, we give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. In the fullness, in the fullness of your In the fullness grace. of your grace. And in the power, in the power of your, your name. name. We lift you. you Praise Lord, you lift me up in the fullness, and in the fullness of your grace, and in the power of your name. Yes, Jesus, you lift me. and lift him up right now go ahead and lift him up right now we praise you oh lord thank you for raising us to life thank you for giving us joy thank you for giving us peace thank you for filling our hearts with love by the power of the holy ghost thank you for joining us today we trust that the presence of god is with you we trust that you will take the cure to this thing called sin and death and allow it to work and operate in your life so that you too can be raised to life in Jesus Christ on that great and glorious day. God bless you in the name of the Lord. Following our service today will be a presentation of several members of the Tree of Life Church who did send in pictures and video of reciting the scriptures. God bless you in the name of the Lord. Have a beautiful and wonderful Resurrection Sunday. Hey everybody, welcome to a time of sharing the word of the Lord. Let Jesus Christ be at the forefront. Let him be the shepherd, the good shepherd 
that leads you into life everlasting and leads you in the paths of righteousness. And if you will, just read the word of the Lord with us. We're going to read a few verses of scripture in your hearing. And, and let's just read it together. I want you to turn, if you will, to Exodus chapter 12. And we're going to read beginning at verse number 7. They shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper door post of the houses, wherein they shall eat it. Verse number 11. And thus shall ye eat it with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand. And ye shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where ye are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. And this day shall be unto you for memorial, and you shall keep it a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. You shall keep it a feast by an ordinance forever. Jesus Christ was God manifest in the flesh. It was all about the Lamb. This Lamb was to be slain. This Lamb was to be, to have the blood of the Lamb painted upon the doorposts of the home. Exodus 12, 23. For the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians, and when he seeth the blood upon the lintel and on the two side posts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not suffer the destroyer to come in unto your houses to smite you. Deuteronomy 6 and 2. That you might fear the Lord your God, to keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you, you and your son and your son's son, all the days of your life, and that your days may be prolonged. And those doorposts are interesting. The doorposts are interesting because the book of Deuteronomy, the Lord told them also to, to say in their homes, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And now shall let the Lord of all my heart, know my soul, and all my mind. Esas palabras que yo te mando hoy estarán sobre tu corazón y las repetirás a tus hijos y hablarás de ellas estando en tu casa y andando por el camino y al acostarte y cuando te levantes. Look with me to Luke chapter 23 and verse 34. Luke chapter 23 and verse 34. Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast their lots. So Luke 23, verse 43, and the word of the Lord reads, And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Jesus therefore saw his mother and disciples standing by, whom he loved. He saith unto his mother, Woman, behold thy son. Then saith he to the disciple, Behold thy mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her unto his own home. Marcos 15:34 dice, y a la hora novena Jesús clamó a gran voz diciendo, Eloí, Eloí, lama sabactani, que traducido es Dios mío, Dios mío, 
por qué me has abandonado. Chapter 19, verses 28 and 30. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, saith, I thirst. When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. Luke 23 and 46 says, And when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And having said thus, he gave up the ghost. Calvary was the fulfillment of the Passover. Jesus knew exactly what he had come to do. He had come to take away the sins of all mankind. The sun went dark, the earth did quake, the veil was rent in the temple from the top to the bottom. But we know, thank God, the rest of the story. And we understand that he rose from the dead and that that was the purpose of him dying. So I'm going to tell you real quick how you paint the blood of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, upon the doorposts of your home. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That is how you paint the blood of the Lamb upon the doorpost of your home. Hallelujah. The house is too little for the Lamb. Share it with all who will receive it in Jesus' name.